0: Hey, it's your pal Mike Shay from Sly Flourish. Today, I want to talk about running hordes. How do you run battles with dozens to hundreds of monsters against the characters? Imagine Aragorn standing atop a ruined tower getting attacked by 40 uruk Imagine your characters standing on a ruined monastery in the twisted world of Thanatos getting attacked by hundreds of ghouls. Or imagine they pull a skull-capped lever and the ceiling opens up and 200 crawling claws fall down atop them. How do you, how do you run battles like this? How, who, how are you gonna roll attack rolls or track the hit points on 200 monsters, right? How do we do that? We're gonna talk about that today. So right up front, I wanna offer you the best solution I've come up with for this. I'm gonna talk about a lot of different ways to run hordes in your game. A lot of different systems that you can use. You're probably gonna find one that you dig. I'm going to tell you about the one that, that I found works the best. And it comes down to this. There's basically three components. One, track the damage done to the horde. So instead of tracking individual hit points or individual damage done to the monsters in the horde, track the damage that's been done to the horde overall. As soon as that amount of damage crosses over the amount of hit points that a single monster has in that horde, remove one of the monsters. And an an easy way to do this is round the amount of hit points that any individual monster has down to the nearest five or ten. So that makes it a lot easier to figure out how much damage is required in order to knock knock a creature out. So you essentially track how many monsters you have in the horde, the hit points of those monsters rounded to the nearest 5 or 10, and then how much current damage has been done. As soon as the damage being done goes up, monsters start to drop off the tally. If you do a lot of damage, let's say you have uh, skeletons and they have 15 hit points each, and a fighter goes up and does 45 points of damage in a huge critical hit, uh, that will kill three skeletons. You knock three skeletons off and you're ready to go. Using that system where you have total number of monsters, the hit points of an individual monster, and how much done to the horde, you can have as many monsters as you want. And it doesn't. it's not any harder to track the hit points for that. So that's a really good way to track damage. Tracking attacks and saving throws. There's lots of different ways to do this. Uh, but the way I like best is just assume one quarter succeeds. So if a bunch of monsters are attacking a bunch of characters, let's say there's five skeletons that are attacking each mon- each character in a group, you assume one quarter succeeds rounded down. So that'd be one out of the five skeletons actually hit with an attack and do four points of damage. You can just do it in your head. You say the, the skeletons descend upon you, you take four points of damage. Now you can scale that up or down. You can round it up or down depending on circumstances. If you have a character who is really low in armor class, maybe they get hit by one more. If you have a character who's got a really high armor class way above, you get hit one less. You're essentially assuming that that you need about a 15 or a 16 on the attack roll in order to hit. That's about what one quarter succeeding looks like. If you don't have so many monsters attacking that it's not a burden to roll the dice, go ahead and roll the dice, right? But if you have so many attacks coming in, you're gonna be rolling dice forever. Instead, assume one quarter succeed. And, and roll up or down depending on the circumstances. This works really well for saving throws. Let's say a cleric is at the top of the hill. You're surrounded by 60 skeletons coming up. The cleric holds their holy symbol and holy light goes radiating out from them and hits like 45 of the 60 skeletons, right? How many of those skeletons make their saving throws? One quarter of them, right? So out of 45, you save roughly 11 of them. Make their saving throws. All of the others are destroyed, right? And you just remove them from the tally. And eleven skeletons manage to resist the blast. You do that in your head really easy. That way you don't have to roll 45 saving throws and figure it out. And guess what? It's probably going to come down to around 11 anyway. So that's a really easy, fast way to track attacks and saving throws. Assume one quarter succeed and round it up or down depending on circumstances. The last trick is how do you adjudicate areas of effect, right? How do you adjudicate positioning in areas of effect? If you're talking to the players about getting attacked by 100 skeletons or whatever... How does positioning matter? So if the characters have figured out how to bottleneck them, account for that. You know, they, they can't get attacked by more than five or ten at a time. In that case, you might just roll attack rolls like you would normally because it's not so many. Uh, if the enemies have bows, though, maybe arrows are coming in and maybe that's a big deal. So if the characters have different positions, they said we put our tanks up front and our weak people in the back, account for that and say the tanks are the ones getting attacked by the horde. The ones in the back are not getting attacked. Likewise, when they cast an area of effect... Try to, try to adjudicate how many you think would be in that area. And you're gonna round this way up because a lot of times hordes are packed together, so fireballs are gonna hit a whole lot of them. So I, I, I have some general ideas. You know, A five foot range probably hits about four. A medium blast like a Burning Hands probably hits on the order of eight. A, a big area blast like a fireball on the order of 16, but could be more. And then huge areas like Turn Undead, which has a great big radius, could be as many as like 32. Just figure it out. And you're gonna err in favor of the characters choose more rather than less we're going for huge heroic action go with what's cool right go with the thing that's going to build the most interesting kind of cinematic effect which is usually more monsters rather than fewer so why do we care about hordes fifth edition's rules the DD's D's rules are there to help us share stories with our friends stories of high adventure and one of the stories of high adventure i brought up aragorn standing on the hill while a whole horde of Urukai are attacking him. These are common elements in fiction, a small group of heroes facing a huge horde. Think about 300, right? You know, 300 Spartans fighting 100,000 Xerxes dudes. These are these are common tales. But the 5th edition rules don't really have much in to help us with that. They have a couple of things, and we're going to talk about it, but not much. They, they don't always scale real well. D&D generally expects that you have like somewhere in the order of like 1 to 10 enemies fighting 4 to 6 characters. So we lean towards that because that's what the rules offer. But that you know we might have times where they do face 20, 30, 40, 50, 100, 1,000 monsters. And we want to have some kind of rule in place to be able to run that. And that's why we're talking about horde rules today. So to me, when I'm looking at horde rules, I have sort of four main criteria that I want. One, it shouldn't limit the number of monsters that I can run. I want it to run as many as I want, right? I don't know how many I'm going to want to run. I'm already limited. Don't limit me again by having a horde rule that only allows me to do 20. Right. It should be easy and fast to adjudicate, regardless of how many monsters. So don't give me a system that's like a little easier, but I still it gets more and more complicated the more monsters are there. That doesn't really work. It should make the most sense given the mechanics of DD. We know how DD operates. We know about attack rolls and saving throws and damage and things like that. So it should work within the framework of DD and still feel like feel like DD. And it should also make the players feel like heroes. It should make their characters feel like heroes, not tired and cranky. It shouldn't take 20 minutes to adjudicate a round because you got to roll 40 saving throws against a fireball. Just say it blows up all the guys, right? So that's what I'm looking for when I look for horde rules. And there's a lot of different options for horde rules that are, that are out there. You can find lots of different definitions, lots of different places. The Dungeon Master's Guide, the 5th the, the edition D&D Dungeon Master's Guide ha- talks about this. Uh, in chapter 8 on page 250 of the Dungeon Master's Guide, uh, it talks about how to adjudicate attacks, and uh, mostly attacks, but you can actually use the same chart for saving throws. The Dungeon Master's Guide talks about how to adjudicate lots of attacks, and it's got a table here where you essentially take the attack bonus and subtract it from the armor class of the target, and it gives you a target number that you you'd have to roll on a d20. And then you look down the list and let's say it's 15 or 16, it tells you how many monsters have to attack for one hit to succeed. The trick is you can flip this table around and use it for saving throws as well, same way. You take the saving throw bonus of the monster that's going to be making the save and subtract it from the DC of the creature that's or the, the character that's doing the attack. And that gives you a target number. And this tells you how many, th- th- how many monsters need to be hit for one of them to save. So you can use the same table either way. If you wanna get crunchy about the math, you can use this. For me, generally speaking, when you look at the hordes that are attacking creatures, uh, they're most likely 15 to 16 is the likely attack roll or saving throw that they're going to have to make. You assume that they're significantly weaker than the, than, the, than the characters are, so you can just assume a quarter. And then you can scale it up or down if you think it matters. So, like, crawling claws are probably not nearly as dangerous as skeletons, so maybe it's 1 in 8. Right? But you can slide that ratio up and down depending on the circumstances, and I think it works well. So the, so the Dungeon Master's Guide does talk about this. The unfortunate thing is the Dungeon Master's Guide doesn't have anything about how to track hit points against large amounts of monsters. Uh, other systems do, and we're going to talk about that. Fourth edition of d and had a thing called minions. Uh, minions were essentially monsters that had one hit point, and they could not be killed by um, failed. Uh, they, they, couldn't, they, they could only be killed when they were attacked. They, a missed attack could never kill a minion. Now, in 5th edition, we could also say a a, a successful saving throw also never kills a minion, right? But they have one hit point. The nice thing about this one is you don't have to track hit points at all. There's no damage tally. You just, you know that if a creature takes damage, generally speaking, it dies on the assumption that it was actually attacked and hit. There's a little tricky bit about like, well, what about fireball? Like, if I throw a fireball at a bunch of minions, shouldn't they all die because they only have one hit point? Like, no, the ones that save don't die. And you're like, yeah, but they took 16 points of damage or rolled a 32 point fireball, but they don't die. So there's still this cognitive breakdown about like, well, it took damage. And you're like, yes, it did take damage. The hit point is abstract. So it's a nice, simple option. A lot of people like it. I see this come up often, which is just, just use minion rules and they work really well. My argument is it, it overvalues low damage attacks. If I throw five uh, magic missiles, and I spread them out, I'll kill five minions. And they undervalues big attacks, like a fighter's cleaving sword, where they go in and they have 45 points of damage. Or like, you killed one minion with one hit point. Congratulations, right? So it overvalues low damage attacks. It undervalues high damage attacks. There are a lot of options for single stat block hordes where you use, like, a bigger stat block to represent a lot of monsters. This is also very popular. You could, for example, reskin like a giant stat block, a hill giant stat block, to count as a bunch of goblins, right? see, so you're getting attacked by 20 goblins we're gonna pack them together. Call it a you call it a horde of goblins, but we're, really we're using a hill giant stat block. That's okay, but again, you have this cognitive breakdown of like, well, if I fireball them, how many die? And you're like, I don't know. It took a bunch of damage. You could, and then you start to make up rules like, oh well, we'll say it's vulnerable to areas of effect, right? So it takes more damage, which isn't a thing in fifth edition, but we could add it, right? So maybe it takes more damage from an area of effect, but and you could still describe that minions are falling over like crazy. But it's the breakdown between the stat block. And what's actually happening in the world gets pretty great, and the cognitive dissonance can break down. There's also like positioning and charming and turning and all these other things where it would hit some of them and not others. So I think keeping them still as separate entities works better than trying to pack them into a single stat block. There's an excellent supplement called 5e Hardcore Mode that you can pick up. It's like three bucks on Drive Thru RPG, and you should definitely go pick it up. It's got some really really interesting rules, really interesting take on how to run fifth edition in this hardcore mode. One of the things it has is how to run minions, and it's got a. System that i think actually works pretty well which is for every monster added to a horde you increase its attack bonus by one and the amount of damage it does by one if you have 10 skeletons instead of doing um you know for the first one would we'll do you know have plus four and do four damage you would say for for 10 skeletons it's plus 13 to hit and does 13 points of damage for 10 skeletons right then when that skeleton horde takes damage you figure out the amount of damage that was done to it and you divide it by some number the higher the number, the more powerful the creatures in the horde, right? So two would be very weak creatures. That means for every, like, eight damage done, four of the creatures are going to die. But you might say five, right? And five increases, it means for every 20 damage done, four are killed. So again, if you have a horde of 20 skeletons, let's say, you, you might say that we're going to use five as the threshold for every 20 points of damage, four of the skeletons are destroyed. And you'll notice that their attack bonus and their damage goes down as they're getting weakened that's pretty good it's it's easy to do you're using the stat block and just adding some modifiers i like it a lot it's 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 a really good it's a really good approach i haven't tried it in in a game yet and i think i will um but i i think it works well the tricky bit without though it's not really unlimited i can't do 100 right if i do 100 it's plus 104 to hit you know there's weird stuff so i you know i like a system that scales way bigger 13th age, fantastic RPG, 13th age has a system that they brought in and and the designers of 13th age, one of the designers, Rob Hainesville, worked on fourth edition. So he knew about minions and they essentially took the idea of minions and called them mooks. But mooks in in 13th age, they have fewer hit points than a normal monster, but they don't just have one. Instead, you track the damage done to the horde. I, I I took a section right out of the 13th age SRD here that mooks are weaker monsters that can be cut down in large number in a single turn. Damage is not tracked against single mooks, but against the entire mob of mooks you're facing. If you roll damage against a mook and it is greater than the single mook's hit points, then another mook takes the remainder. In this way, damage can cascade to multiple mooks and a player can kill multiple in one turn, even if they're not all directly within the area of attack. So that is, as you can tell, is pretty much the way I talk about handling the damage tally for minions. It scales up as big as you want. Uh, it's, it, it means that like small attacks aren't going to just wipe them out too easily, but big attacks can. So it's, it's got a nice scale in it. I really like it. If you were to mix the 13th Age MOOC damage tracking rules with the table that is in the Dungeon Master's Guide for handling uh, saving throws and attack rolls, you have a good system right there. Two, two games, both written by professional uh, uh, Dungeons & Dragons designers. You mix the two together, you've got a really good horde system. So taking a look again at the system I brought up in the beginning, it really comes down to three things. One, you track the number of monsters, which can be any number of monsters that make sense for the story. Track the number of hit points that a single monster in the horde has, like its it's maximum hit points of any individual monster, and the current damage that the horde has taken. As soon as the current damage done to the horde is greater than the amount of hit points that any given monster has, one of those monsters is killed. If it's double or triple the amount, three of the monsters are killed, right? So you can scale that up depending on how much damage they take. Round the monster hit points to the nearest five or ten. It makes it way easier to do the math in your head. When you're rolling a lot of attack rolls or a lot of saving throws, and it's more than you want to roll with dice, instead assume one quarter succeeds, roll that up or down Depending on the circumstances. So maybe it's one fifth, maybe it's one eighth, maybe it's half, depending on the circumstances. If they have advantage, like if you have hordes of wolves and they all have pack tactics, so they all have advantage, uh, maybe it's one out of two, right? If they're all at disadvantage for some reason, now maybe it's only one out of 10. So take that ratio and just slide it up or down to whatever feels about right. And that's how many save or that's how many succeed in their attacks. It works really easy and you don't have to do a whole lot in your head. Figure out how to adjudicate positioning and areas of effect if the characters go out of their way to set up bottlenecks or they say that your frontline tank types are in front and the, the weaker people are in the back work with that, and say, okay, all the attacks are going to come up against those tanks. Think about hallways, where it's like, well, only five or six of the monsters can actually reach you, so only five or six are actually going to be able to attack. Choke points, or other ratios. A lot of times hordes are just not very efficient, so they can't attack. Sometimes they are, if they all have bows or ranged attacks, that could be real trouble. But a lot of times, not all of them are going to be able to attack. Adjudicate that. Also adjudicate how many monsters could be in an area of effect, and it's probably about double what the normal expected amount would be. So if somebody's doing a small burst, maybe it hits four if it's a pretty big burst like a thunder wave, then it could be as many as eight fireballs 16, 20 30, 24, 32 decide like are they really packed together? If they're really packed together, you can hit a whole lot of them with a fireball. And then huge spells, Circle of Death or Meteor Swarm. Maybe it's all of them, right? Maybe really big spells just hit everybody in the horde. So you can decide how many should be hit. The main thing is adjudicate in favor of the characters. These are about their heroic moments, not them getting beat to death by a horde. It's about showing how powerful they are when fighting huge amounts of weak monsters so lean in towards the characters it really works so there's some problems with this system obviously one is you're not really rolling attack rolls so the damage can feel arbitrary if you go around the table and say the horde attacks you you take four damage you take four damage you take four damage you take four. they're like you're not even rolling you're just saying stuff right so it doesn't feel like a normal DD kind of encounter because you're not rolling attack rolls there's a couple ways to deal with that i've i've, I've looked at them i they ended up not being things that i really wanted to use but an example would be you could roll uh, two attack rolls for the Horde, or for each group of the Horde, like two attack rolls for each person that's getting attacked. And they would take either a quarter of the amount of damage they would normally be getting hit by per roll. It's okay, it's a little fiddly, and you're really just doing it to roll dice. And the, at the end, it's either going to be really swingy and they're going to get hit for a whole lot or they're going to hit for very little. It's easier, I think, to just assume... Uh, assume that a quarter are gonna hit. Of of the ones that are able to attack, a quarter of them are gonna hit. If it's not so many that you can't roll the dice, just roll the dice, right? If you are in a crowded hallway and your main character can only get hit by five of them, go ahead and roll five attacks, it's fast. Always be using static damage, obviously. Do not roll for damage on hordes. That should go without saying. If you can, roll the the attack rolls. Most of the time it's gonna be with big saving throws. Like how many are gonna save against turn undead? And that's where you wanna say, like maybe it's a quarter, maybe it's one fifth, one out of five, right? Round in favor of the characters. Yeah, so there are other issues. Uh, what if they get hit by an area of effect that doesn't do damage but does a status effect, like maybe that you throw a sleep on them. Maybe they're hit by a hypnotic pattern. Wh- how do you handle that? Like, how do you, who wants to track? Like, oh, well, this group got hit by a hypnotic pattern, so they're all going to make saving. Just remove them from play. Just say that they those remain dancing around, chasing butterflies for the rest of the battle. It doesn't matter, right? They're they're weak. They're meant to be killed. If somebody's willing to blow a big spell just to do crowd control, let them really control the crowd by just removing those from play if a cleric cast turn undead And it isn't destroying the undead, it's just getting them to run. They run and you never see them again. Even when you're dealing with big areas of effect that don't do damage, you can kind of treat them just like damage. You basically just get rid of them. The same way can work with big spells like fireball. Let's say that you throw a fireball on a group of skeletons and you roll 26 points of damage, which means that the skeletons won't be killed if they make their save. It's easier if you just kill them all, right? So it's easier to say your fireball explodes, you hit 24 skeletons, all 24 skeletons are blown to pieces. Way easier than rolling 24 saving throws and tallying up a bunch damage i really like this system i think it's i think it's the easiest system that i've used i find it tremendously lazy which as we know is a virtue for me Uh, it handles any number of monsters it is very easy to track you don't really need any tools on hand you don't need tables you don't need calculators you don't need anything else to figure it out you can do it all in your head and you can still run huge battles against lots of monsters and that's important because that is a very common fantasy trope when our heroes are standing on a hill and there are hundreds of monsters coming and attacking them, you want to have some system in hand to be able to run that. I hope you found this video useful. If you did, please subscribe to the channel. If you really like what you're seeing and you want to help out, you can do so by going to patreon.com slash slyflourish and joining my, my, joining my Patreon. Patrons get access to a whole bunch of exclusive guides and tools and tricks for making your d and game easier. And I want to thank you very much. I hope you uh, enjoyed the video. Have a great day and get out there and play some D&D.